Hello and welcome to episode 11 of My Freelance Life, a new podcast from the team here at Milo.co. I am Preston and with me on the air today, as always, is my friend Andy. Hey, Andy. Hey there. If you've listened to the show before, you know by now that Andy recently quit his job to start working for himself full time. And this show is a weekly check in between me and Andy to see what really happens when you decide to pursue freelancing as your full time job. You'll find show notes for this episode and all other episodes at FreelanceLifePodcast.com. And this episode is brought to you by our premium client hunting service, Solid Gigs. When you sign up for Solid Gigs, you'll receive a weekly list of freelance gigs from some of the best companies in the world, hand curated by freelancers like you. We're talking about companies like Dribble, WordPress, Etsy, Trello, Yelp, BuzzFeed, Fitbit, InVision, plus dozens of small and medium businesses hiring contractors and paying them what they deserve. Instead of wasting hours each week hunting through thousands of online freelance job listings, let our team do it for you, freeing you up to spend more time doing the work you love most and billing your clients for it. You can learn more about Solid Gigs at solidgigs.com slash Andy. That's A-N-D-Y. Let's dive into today's conversation with Andy. It's going to be a great one. We'll talk to you at the end of the show. Oh yeah, I wanted to tell you about something. Please. This this week. So I mentioned, I believe it was the time before the tax episode. The one before that, I mentioned the the spreadsheet that I made to just keep track of things on a oh, yeah. on a daily basis. Because yeah, I'd love an update on that. Yeah, that so Upwork, you know, I I can pull reports on there, and they they have different ways of showing things. But I kind of just wanted a quick way for me to see how I'm doing that day. And then as I started building it out, I also built a thing that showed me what my last seven days were in terms of earnings and what my average was and what my most ever in a day was and, and various things like that, that just, it's a quick little dashboard that I can look at and I can type in what I just worked for a particular client and see what I'm at for the day. And it's been so like helpful, even just if it's like a mental thing for me to look at that throughout the day. And it's way easier to keep track of goals instead of like, kind of like, working on various things throughout the day and thinking, Oh, did I do enough? Did I build, I build, I think this much for this person. Again, of course I could have looked it up using some Upwork reports and everything, but this is just way easier for me. And I can see, Oh, at this time of day, I've, I've earned X amount or whatever. So what I, what I decided for myself is for a few days, I've been trying um, to work to build, not work, but actually have two build hours before noon and that way I realized because some days I get up and I, I have a slow morning and I go to the gym and I come back and this is nice and all. And that's one reason why I love freelancing. But then I get home and I have lunch and it's like two or three and I haven't done any billable hours yet. And then it can be kind of stressful because I know I have to make something for the day. And so I decided I'm just going to wake up and like pretty early on, just hurry and bill a couple hours like there's all the administrative tasks and stuff and but I can push those till a little later in the day. If I get that first like momentum, that boost of momentum by billing some time at the beginning, then it's way easier to relax the rest of the day and know that I can casually bill a couple more hours if I need to or do the administrative stuff or even just like call it quits it in the afternoon and work on some personal projects. So that was like, two big th- updates in one. One, I'm loving the spreadsheet because it helps me do that. And two, this little like mini goal I set for me has been 
has been helpful. Now, granted, I've only done it for like a couple of days, but nevertheless, that's, here we are. And, but that's killer, like sort of getting a pulse on. I feel like in my experience, uh, it, I, I find I'm more stressed working for myself when I don't have a good pulse, even daily, on what's actually happening in terms of revenue. Because like it can be really easy to go from you know, paycheck world to, to where it's like, well, you know, if I sort of slack off one day, I'm still getting my paycheck this week. Um, which, you know, obviously I don't, I don't condone or anything like that, but (laughs) you know, when you're freelancing or when you're working for yourself, if you're sort of feeling sluggish one day, you can a lot of times just, you know, call it quits early at, you know, two o'clock or something and go take a nap or whatever. But anyway, all, all that to say, I, I've had a, I had a similar experience. So I, I've been working on a sort of more SaaS model. Like if, like if, if listeners aren't familiar with SaaS model, it's basically like a software as a service is what it stands for. And it's kind of a SaaS model, but not really. Anyway, the long story short, I, I was having to manually track like all these numbers and try to get like a pulse on how the product itself was doing in terms of revenue. And then someone introduced me to this free software called ProfitWell. And it's done exactly what you were saying, Andy, you've done with a spreadsheet, which is like it it shows me at any point of the day, I can log in and see, you know, where my revenue is at, how many people have subscribed. And there were other services that were letting me do that, but it wasn't sort of aggregating it all in one place. And it's really cool to just get an aggregated pulse or or feel for where where everything's at like at any given moment and it it helps me sleep a little bit more easily at night so that's really cool man kudos to you for building that that's awesome thank you i i think it's it's kind of funny dashboards are very can be very useful if you have data on them that is what people actually need to see or be aware of to to make their decisions and things i mean this is like it's a large part of what I've done for people in my Upwork yeah. um, clientele is building dashboards and helping them see the numbers that are important to them. So it's kind of ironic that I only now am, am building something similar <laughs> for myself because I, I mean, I believe in it. And like you, uh, you shared, like it can be a really helpful thing to have that all in one, one place and get a sense of how things are going. So what, what are the metrics that you're paying close attention to in, in the spreadsheet? And, and if it's okay with you, I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, we'll, we'll probably share some screenshots or something so that people can see, you know, just, just what you're looking at on the dashboard. But um, for people who don't want to take the time to go look at the screenshots, can you sort of describe it to us on the air here? What, what metrics are you looking at and how are they organized? Yeah. um, Yeah, we could definitely share some screenshots. In fact, I should take some now before, I improve it so you can see like a, a first version. Oh, that'd be fun, yeah. And, and yeah, we talked about even sharing the spreadsheet if people want to use it for themselves. There's so much customization you could do with it though, so I'll, I'll probably keep it pretty bare bones. But anyway, um, to describe what what's going on is I have two little sections. One of them is for hourly build clients or hourly build projects. Another one is for project build projects. And, and so I have a list of the clients. I have a list of the rate or the total project price. And then each day I can go in and type in the amount of hours I worked on that, on that hourly job or what percentage estimated of the project build job I worked on. And then it sums it all up and it shows me up at the top, just a dollar amount of what I've earned for the day. And it's partially estimated. And it's also before Upwork fees are taken out. I 
I just decided not to count that because they can vary by client. So I just, I just give myself like the gross number at that point. Yeah. And that's mostly what I go off of. I just yesterday added a total hours worked, um, section to it. So I mean, just one little cell to sum all that up so I could see roughly how many hours I've worked on. And this is just for build things, not the extra time I've done on the side, um, for administrative things. But then over on the right, so the main metric is just dollars earned per day. And then over to the side, I have um, the the previous seven days and the amount earned through each of those, as well as the average. And this is one thing that has been really fun for me uh, because as I've been using this and also just coming out of like a period of like low earnings for me around like from holidays and having been sick and all these things. But anyway, as, as I look at my average, I've noticed like I'm con I'm often earning more than my average and therefore like continually bumping it up and seeing how much I've made in the last, the last week or the last few days and, and realizing that if I can keep that up, keep the average where it's at, then I'm definitely where I needed to be all along. And I'm like finally hitting those goals and even surpassing them. And so that's fun. And then just for fun, I threw in the metric of just the highest recorded day since I've started using the system, not, oh, not throughout Upwork yeah. as a whole, but it's kind of fun to see that and see if I'm getting close to it or not. Yeah, that's fun for sure. I, I remember when I started blogging, I mean, this was 2009, 2010. I remember uh, reading an article and it seems so obvious now to, to anyone sort of working for themselves or running any kind of business. But it was it was from Darren Rouse and he runs problogger.net. And it's one of, and especially at the time, it was one of the leading authorities on blogging. And he was like sort of one of the first people to go public with this idea of, you know, he was making six figures blogging, which now is pretty common for a lot of bloggers. But I mean, I say common, but I guess on a percentage basis, maybe not that common, but there's a lot of people making six figures or more as a blogger. Anyway, he had this article and it was about, uh, like your roadmap to six figures. And he talked about it, you know, if you want to make six figures from your blog, you need to figure out how much you need to make every day and every week and every month. And then you need to figure out where that money is going to come from. So like how much of it's going to come from advertising and how much of it's going to come from sponsorships and how much of it's going to come from selling eBooks. And I don't remember what all the categories were, but it sounds so obvious now, but I remember it was a really kind of uh, a light bulb moment for me to say, like, I have these ambitious visions and goals of what I can do with my business, but I haven't taken the time to say on a day to day basis or a week to week basis, am I doing the things that it takes to get me to that point? And so I love what you're doing here is sort of breaking it down and saying, I know what I need to make to match my income previously, which supported me and my wife. And our lifestyle. Right. And, and, um, so I know what I need to make kind of on an hourly basis and a daily basis in order to hit that maybe monthly or yearly goal to be able to continue to support our lifestyle. And so now I'm going to check in every once in a while on this dashboard that I've made to make sure that I'm hitting those benchmarks so that I hit my long-term goal so that when you're 90% of the way through the timeline, you don't go, Oh man, I'm only 20% of the way through my goal. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And that's how it has felt some days or sometimes when I've worked through the week and I was like, I know I need to make, you know, roughly this amount a week, but then if Thursday, Friday comes around and I'm not there, sometimes 
it's just been easier to be like, okay, well this week's okay. We'll let it go by. Like we have some in the savings to help make up for that. But now it's a lot easier to know, like I need to make this much per day and this is where I'm at. And I found that now granted, I think a lot of this like optimism um, towards earnings has also been significantly influenced by the fact that um, my hourly rate is much higher than when I started uh, freelancing. And that's made a big difference because I'm able to see, you know, I log a few hours and I'm able to see a much, um, a much quicker accrual of daily income than I would have before. So that definitely plays into it. But, um, but either way, it's nice to see like on the daily basis, when I'm hitting those goals that are going to make it work for the, when averaged out over the week or the month. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. We'll have to share screenshots uh, with the listeners, um, which you can find at the show notes for this episode, which obviously uh, we'll mention at the beginning and end of the episode and uh, should be at freelancelifepodcast.com slash 11. That's just the number 11. We're in episode 11 now, Andy, by the way. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, Yeah, we're really cruising along. Cool. Well, what else wow. is what else is happening in the business? I mean, is, is that dashboard? Is there more to be shared about the dashboard? Is it informing more decisions or, or making you sort of rethink how you're doing some things? Or do you want to move on to a new subject? Um, no, I don't think there's much more. It's it's pretty basic at this point. So that that's the that's the extent of the dashboard. But it might grow with time. Yeah, it'll be fun to see how it put into it. Yeah, it'll be fun to see how it evolves over time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what else is happening? I mean, last week we chatted with Nate about taxes and sort of accounting, finance, and that sort of thing. I mean, has that has that been something you've been working on this week as well? Is is wrapping your head around how to how to work with your taxes and that kind of thing? Yeah, I've definitely been you know looking forward to in in a very neutral sense, not in like a, I'm really looking forward to. No, I'm I'm looking forward to filing the taxes, my taxes this year. And that'll, I'm sure, teach me a lot about what I need to be doing. But also, uh, I mentioned it in the tax episode that I'm going to be getting a new computer soon to help me with my work and having that be able to be deducted from my taxes this year is a very, like, so there's a lot of things that have been tax related on my mind lately. Um, I, maybe we could talk about computer computers and equipment for a second, because this has definitely become relevant to me as of late. Um, I am using a computer that was the first laptop I ever bought in 2010. Oh, wow. So it's almost eight years old and it has, I mean, it's, it's gone through a lot more than your average eight year old notebook, which is not a common thing to find even an eight year old laptop. Yeah, really. but I bought it. it. It's a, it's a MacBook pro, an older one. That's, I, it was like right after, in fact, when I bought it, I think you could still buy the, like the old black plastic ones, um, those old MacBooks. But anyway, <laughs> so it's, it's definitely an older one. It's pretty thick and I've used it for most of my jobs since then. Like uh, most of the employment I've had since then, I've used my own computer for, I'm not the, not where you and I um, just worked, but a lot of my stuff has been kind of more informal or with young companies where I just used my own computer. So I've run this thing into the ground. I've 
I've upgraded the RAM and the hard drive and replaced cables inside multiple times. And anyway, so this, this poor thing has, has seen a lot and it's starting to slow down. Like honestly, spreadsheet work doesn't have to be that process intensive. If you're crunching a lot of data, it certainly can get that way. But, um, some of the simpler designs or script writing is not, I mean, it's not like editing 4k video. Right. Or or like if like you're that. a graphic designer but, and working in Photoshop, like yeah. all the listeners are doing or illustrator or something like that, that can be pretty intense. Yeah. And if I were doing that, then I would have, I mean, I would have reached this point probably a lot sooner, but because my work is different now it's becoming an issue, but where I'm finding the issue is, um, I'll be working on a spreadsheet on a Google sheet, running a script and it maybe works a little slow, but nothing too bad. But the issue comes in when I'm on a Skype call with a client or, well, yeah, for example, I'm, I'm on a Skype call with a client and I go to share my screen and I, I pull up the spreadsheet. I'm like, all right, now, uh, now all you have to do is very simply come over here and click this button and and nothing happens. And then it just like sits there and it's like just chugging along and the fans sound like it's about to take <laughs> off to Mars. And like, it, anyway, so it, I realized like this is not the best thing or like video will sometimes drop out on a call or, or sometimes it's just like I'll often when I've built a spreadsheet or some sort of system automation for somebody, I'll just do a quick screen cast of it and, and throw it on YouTube or whatever to share with them. And I found that sometimes when I'm running QuickTime to do a screencast, that it will really slow things down. And one point it even just like froze altogether. And I thought this is like, this is, has gone from just being my personal laptop for doing things. And I can, you know, deal with these sorts of things to like, this is my actual like livelihood now. And I need to be, I need to put in the investment to, to upgrade it. And so that's what my experience has been with computers lately. And now it's time to definitely get an upgraded machine that can handle this sort of um, multitasking. And whatnot. Well, we, we should compare uh, previous machines. I, so I have, I bought a new computer in 2014. So I've had this one for three or four years, but before that I had one uh-huh. for seven years that I bought in 2007, a MacBook Ooh. pro. It might be the same machine or or pretty close looking to yours but um i i remember i used to so i used to work on the train commuting to work i would work on my side business and i didn't have the luxury of like not working one day right because when you're doing a side hustle it's like every spare minute that you can put into the thing you got to do it and so our the monitor went out but there was like this weird short in the monitor and so i had to I had to, I was like literally riding on the train with all these people around me sitting at a desk and I had to like get a little C clamp thing. Like, uh, I do some woodworking as a hobby and like it was, it's like this clamp that click, 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 clamps down onto wood basically. And I had to like clamp (laughs) down on my monitor (laughs) so that the short would like go away and the monitor would work. So I'm like chugging along on the, on the train here, big clamp on my computer. And then I eventually had to pull the monitor out. I disassembled the whole computer, put the monitor back in and then put it all back (laughs) together. And like by some miracle, it still worked. Anyway, these are the funny things we do when we're bootstrapping. Right. But yeah, no kidding. I mean, I think you bring up a good point. Like now that it's your full-time thing and it's your, it's your livelihood. And now that we've learned that you can deduct those kinds of expenses from your business as well, you know, it's, it's worth the investment for sure. 
Yeah. You know, when people say like, oh yeah, this is, if you do that, I mean, you can, that's tax deductible or whatever. Like my mind still wants it to mean that you don't have to pay for it. Like that's, <laughs> right, yeah. that's always the like connotation that happens in my mind. It's like, oh yeah, um, we're going to, we need to travel to New York to visit a client. Oh, don't, don't worry, worry like, you can write that right. off. And it's like, oh, you can write that off? Oh wait, that like for some reason my mind still jumps to that. Like that means it's free only for like a half a second. Then I remember, oh, that's that means like that 5% means. of it is free because you don't have to pay taxes on, yeah. that, on that money. <laughs> That's funny. But but yeah, so I, I mean, I need to replace it. And it's difficult because I'm at a point right now where I'm I'm still like transitioning to this new stage. And it's in some ways yet unproven, though I, I feel quite confident about it that, you know, it's going to work in a long term and sustainable way. But we're still kind of not we're still kind of like in that, in that intermediate stage. Right, yeah. And so to have to shell out for a, a computer and not just any computer, but one that's relatively powerful that will be quite usable in the future. Like it's a, it's a significant expense. And I'll share with you what the plan is that gets into some of the, the financial details a little more. And for some people, this may not be necessary. And for some people, this may not be something that they want to do. There may be some like, um, inherent, what's the word suspicion or whatever <laughs> with this method, but I'll, I'll share it with you. And, and again, if there's any disclaimer needed here, this is no financial advice or whatever. Um, but what, what I've decided to do is to procure a business loan as it were by getting a, a, introductory 0% APR credit card to put nice. this on. And now it, this works for me because it's, it's not a big enough expense to warrant going to get a business loan, but, um, by applying for credit card, a credit card that has 0% interest for a year or more, then it gives me the opportunity to do, to do a payment plan. And there's a couple important things to note here. Again, I'm no financial advisor by any means, but, when you do things like this, if you do not pay it off by the end of your promotional period, then they charge interest based on the entire time yeah. back to the beginning. And a lot of interest, so like really, really high interest rates. Yeah. And really high interest rates. So it can be really bad. These things are only, I, I would say these are only doable if you're, if you definitely understand the the terms of it and you're, you're okay with that. But basically what this does is it allows me to purchase a computer to, to finance it, to lease it as it were. And I'll pay for it over time. And knowing that this is actually helping me with my business and it's necessary. Also, there are some other things to note, like you still have to pay a minimum payment, whatever it is, $30, $100 on the card. Um, and if you miss one of those, then they also like your whole introductory offer thing can get scrapped depending on the card, of course. So you can't, you pretty much can't make any mistakes or you get hosed big time. But knowing that if you know those things, it can, it's still like plenty manageable and, and doable. And it can allow you to, to take care of things like this. I, I mean, it's not my, my favorite thing to do, but I also recognize that if I were to wait till we, till I had that much saved up for the laptop, it could, it could be, you know, detrimental to my livelihood now. And I, I feel comfortable about it and safe about it. Obviously only do 
the same if you feel the same. Yeah, I I agree with you on it. So what I did with the machine that I currently have, it was something like... I'm just going to use $1,200 just to make the math easy. And so I said to myself, can I make $100 a month for the next 12 months with my side business uh, to justify like getting this computer? And, you know, I actually, frankly, had the, the money for it sitting in my basically the liquid capital for my business. So um, so. You know, if if something were to happen, I could pay it off immediately if I needed to. But what this does is it it frees up um, capital for your business. So if you, you know, depending on what you're doing, like you may not have a lot of advertising expenses or anything right now, Andy. But if, you know, if the listeners maybe are doing in addition to uh, services or maybe even if they're advertising their services, but if they have more expenses in their business, if they, if they need some more sort of liquid capital that they can use to reinvest in their business and they don't want to tie up, you know, $2,000 worth of money in, into a machine right now, then this is actually a really good option. Like you said, Andy, if you're responsible about it and you, you know, you can cover the, the payment on it. You know, a lot of, a lot of stores like the Apple store or wherever will, they'll they'll set you up with one of these credit cards right when you buy it and then yeah you pay you know a a a portion every month it actually makes sense from a business point as well again i'm i'm not a financial planner or advisor or anything like that either but it makes sense from from a financial point of view with your business too because the revenue that you're making from your computer in this example isn't all going to be had in the month that you if you were to buy it up front it wouldn't all happen Right. And so there's, you know, you'll be making money from that asset that you're purchasing over months and months and months. And so it looks better on your books. It makes more sense on your books. It it makes for actually a healthier business in some ways to pay for it bit by bit because you're making money from it bit by bit. Yeah, that you make a good point. I, I was definitely speaking from like the consumer standpoint and as consumers, like, yeah, directed towards consumers, it's often, well, depends on who's directing it, but like from financial people or whatever to consumers, it's often like, you know, beware credit cards, they can be bad. If you mess up, then it's really going to screw you over or whatever. But But the same thing from a business standpoint is very common. You know, if you, if you're selling products, then it's quite common that you would purchase those those products with some sort of terms and then you don't have to pay back right away until you've actually sold the product. So from a business standpoint, if the listeners come from, you know, a business background, this won't sound that outrageous by any means, but some people, if they're listeners who are, who are primarily coming from a consumer background and getting into this, they may be like absolutely appalled that I would sign up for, for something (laughs) like this, but it depends on the way you look at it. And of course you always have to be smart. I like what you said about having, having some set aside. And I think, you know, that, that would be, that's of course very wise. And what, what we plan to do is if for some reason, like we weren't able to, to do the payments the way we plan to, but as it comes up to the point where the introductory offer is over, then we would just take a lump sum out of our savings and drop it in there just so we don't get hit with that interest right. and make sure it's paid off one way or another. Yeah. But, and I think the business version of that is just, do you have working capital that you can put towards yeah. things like that, right? Do you have the business equivalent of savings? And when you're a sole proprietor, you know, we talked about that a little bit when Nate was on the air last episode, being a sole proprietor, it becomes a little bit messy because, you know, what's your savings and what's your business capital? I recommend you keep 
sort of two different bank accounts or, or a couple of uh, maybe a few different bank accounts um, to keep your finances separate. I know we, even though I'm a sole proprietor, we keep our finances very, very separate. You know, I even like quote unquote pay myself every month um, as if, mm-hmm. you know, our business was a separate entity and it comes out of one account and goes into another account just so that we never spend business money on personal stuff. We never spend personal money on business stuff and, and it, it seems to work out pretty good. So yeah, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. So when are you buying the new machine? Well, I, I've been doing a fair bit of research and, you know, documenting three things on spreadsheets, as you might expect, um, to <laughs> of course, of course. keep track of the, the, the best places to buy it. So I've, I've more or less narrowed down the machine I want and that will be right for, for what I need. And I'm looking through, you know, the, all the different sites online where I can get it and who offers the best, the best deals, the best rebates, whatever, some of them. So I'll be buying it um, in the in the next few days, but I haven't yet finalized which one I'm getting it from. And for some reason, some have are available right now, and I could get it in a few days. Like um, one option is to just purchase a refurbished version, and those are in stock. But if I don't buy a refurbished one, or if I don't get it from a particular vendor, then it's it's more of like a custom build, and so it could be a couple of weeks before I get it. So, and that honestly is weighing into my decision if it's. If it costs a, just a slight bit more, but be able to get it in a few days, I might choose that because, again, this is in some ways affecting my right, livelihood, yeah, my business. Yeah. It all has to be weighed. All together. right, this is a very important question. Mac or PC? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to get a Mac. That's what... That's uh, so I, interesting. I mean, I mean, you're a spreadsheet guy. Like Most spreadsheet guys are like, no, 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 you need a PC. <laughs> gotta, gotta have PC. Okay, so maybe we could, and this could just really get people going, I can imagine, <laughs> because this is like talking about how to pronounce the uh, the small animated image format file type. <laughs> I call it GIF, it is, but I'm perfectly fine if people... No, no GIF that's not okay. And <laughs> the makers, <laughs> the inventors of well, the GIF said it's pronounced GIF, so we're not going <laughs> to say GIF. Okay. I, well, I'm I'm okay regardless of how you want to say oh, or with on, either way you want to say on. it. I I personally say GIF because you know choosy moms choose That's GIF, right. and I have you know I, I have that to go off of. But <laughs> before we go down this road, we'll jump back to the other hot topic, which is Mac versus PC and versus. Oh man, that makes it sound so confrontational. Mac or you're PC such a peacemaker. I love it. Like, like you're so. You're so or Mac, if you want to be mentioned first, <laughs> and uh, so my history with it is this: back when I was in college, actually before I was in college, so I graduated high school in 2005. For for reference, for people, um, I graduated high school in 2005, and I remember back then my older brother he was going to college, and and he was he was kind of like a a techie person studying physics and and he had a macbook like definitely like an or no it wasn't even mac there was power books back then i believe he had a power book and i thought it was so cool and he was like really into computer and he like knew the techie side of things and so back then i thought like well those are cool and that probably what is what kind of started me onto it originally but i've always enjoyed computers um i was never the kid who was like programming stuff in 
high school. Like I, I know I had friends who did that or whatever, but I was just interested in learning how they worked. And I was always tinkering around and learning shortcuts and whatnot. But anyway, for whatever reason, I got like connected to Max at an early age from that. We never had him at my house, but um, anyway, I go to college and this is like right I feel like right before Max started becoming like the thing, because in my early years at college, um, I could go to the computer lab and there would be, you know, like 50 PCs and three Macs up against the wall. And which was beautiful because I loved Macs. I preferred them and they were almost never being used. So I could always just have a computer to myself. And, and, And then by the time I was done with college, the entire computer lab would be max. And, and so like I was right in that transition era or whatever, but I always knew through this time, I always knew that uh, when it came time for me to, to buy a laptop, I was going to end up getting a Mac. And, and I, I looked at them year after year after year and I followed all the, the things that were coming out. And so I eventually got one and I, I absolutely love them. I think they're great. There's, there's of course, you know, pros and cons, to them. And, um, I, in recent years, I've become less of like an Apple fanboy and more of a, just a, uh, I just want to be computer literate. Like I want to be able to feel comfortable regardless of what terminal someone plops me down in front of. And in fact, I've been learning a lot more about Linux lately. And I really like that for a lot of reasons, but when it comes down to it right now, the machine that would be best for me is a Mac. So I'm, I'm less of like a devout follower as I used to be. Like I'm still a big fan, but now I'm, in fact, I've, I've looked at plenty of PCs as I've considered what computer to get next, but I was going to get a PC and then just throw Linux on it, honestly. Um, but anyway, that's the long story, I guess, to why I'm getting yeah. a Mac now. It just makes the most sense. For I'm me the same way. Point. I've just been using one for so long that it makes sense to do that. Although I have used uh, a friend of mine has a Chromebook, uh, which I, I kind of like the mm-hmm. operating system on there and found that familiar. I, I, use, I have an Android phone. So, you know, I, I kind of like that. I might consider that in the future. It depends on how upset I get about Apple's new policy about using dongles instead of actual ports for things like that drives me absolutely crazy. And I'm, I'm still, my computer's old enough now that I still have USB ports and let me see. Yeah. Like an SD card, which I never use honestly, but it's the USB ports mostly and the headphone jack and stuff like the, the you know, when they started getting rid of all that, it's just, I don't know. I didn't love that. So who knows? Who knows what the future yeah, will bring? I mean, but. there's, there's definitely some interesting things that have happened lately. And, and some of them I'm, not that upset about like I can see where people are coming from but it's going to influence me so little and it's also just growing pains that we're going to experience probably forever at this stage like technology is going to be changing frequently enough that we need to get used to that yeah but but yeah all those things considered and various um, different decisions that have been made lately that still is for me, the best, the best option. Yeah, I agree. And, and most people listening, you know, from the Milo audience, they're, they're videographers, photographers, graphic designers, developers, I guess developers maybe doesn't fall into that quite as much, but I think it still does a little bit. Um, a a lot of, you know, a lot of that kind of crew prefers a Mac for a lot of reasons and, and, you know, a lot of good reasons too. Um, so we will we will leave the debate up to the rest of the internet. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter if you want to tell us uh, <laughs> if you want to tell us where to go. You can do that on Twitter uh, at Milo Team 
or Andy, what's your handle on Twitter? Andy Conlon. At Andy Conlon. Cool. Uh, well, I think it's been a great conversation today. Any, any final parting thoughts? No, I, I think we've covered a, an interesting set of things and I, yeah, I go out and have a great week. All right. Thank you, Andy, for a fantastic conversation. Before we jump off the air, just a reminder to the listeners that show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found at FreelanceLifePodcast.com. And this episode is brought to you by our premium client hunting service, Solid Gigs. Again, you can try it at SolidGigs.com slash Andy. Every week we send a hand curated list of the best freelance gigs from around the web. You really should check it out. This episode was edited by Danny Gilman of echopodmedia.com. Thanks, Danny. And the theme music for this show is by Joaquim Garud called Road Trip. And of course, this podcast is a production of Milo.co. You can learn more about us and hear our other podcasts at millo.co. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next time on episode 12 of My Freelance Life. See ya. Thank you.